Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to be talking about yet another very exciting, very adorable episode of Star Wars Visions. Kawaii. I'm, of course, talking. Is it Kawaii? <laughs> I don't think so. It's but, Kawaii. Okay, okay, okay. I'll defer to you on that as, as our resident <laughs> anime expert. And that is um, Science Saru Presents Toby. Yeah. Yeah, I like this episode. It was fun, cute, kawaii. Um, yeah. But I, I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, but I did appreciate it. was enjoyable to watch and very few negative things to say about it, honestly. But Yeah, think? that kind of summarizes my sentiment as well. I think one of the things that I do want to highlight about this episode that to me makes it stand out amongst all the others is that it definitely is the most unique in terms of its artistic direction. For sure. The way it experiments with its like storybook looking matte painting like watercolor chalky backgrounds too. chalky kind of blurred against its distinct animated characters and like you said it's very like you you could tell that they were drawing inspiration from like children's animation from disney they cited pinocchio as mm-hmm. inspiration for the story which is kind of clever because you have Japanese Pinocchio anime, story. Star Wars, and then now you're loping, looping in traditional Disney, like Pinocchio, into that circle of influence as well. So now it's not just Disney because Disney owns Star Wars. It's actual traditional Disney that we're drawing influence from, from both a storytelling perspective and an animation perspective. And I thought that was a really cute idea, very clever, and I appreciate that mm-hmm. they really went all in on it and really kind of embraced those themes and were willing to experiment with the artistic direction more than a lot of right. the other shorts that we've seen yeah well it's interesting that you cited pinocchio because i know this was influenced heavily by um astro boy and pinocchio which i think were kind of you know they're old school animation styles mm-hmm. and you could see the story actually relates well to both of them it's a a fake boy that wants to be a real boy mm-hmm. and you get that out of astro boy you get that pinocchio i got huge mega man and dr light vibes as well mm-hmm. which i think yeah. that was an homage to astro yeah. boy anyway but um and all of those things mix really well in a fun uh, it, kind of an interesting concept that you we it's it's a very old school idea, but seeing it again in a new new format and a new setting is especially in Star Wars is always interesting. Right. And much like in Tatooine Rhapsody, where I was happy to see an episode that was just willing to be fun and rock out. This one it's was okay. yeah, it's okay. Are you okay? <laughs> this one was willing to like embrace that childhood wonder element and be more of this softer touch and you get to see all these cute things like the kid that drew all of he's drew all over his walls toby's got all these etchings of like at-ats and x-wings and stuff and he's obsessed with star wars star wars lore and he's pretending to be a jedi and all these things i saw some cool things on that wall there's definitely some galactic civil war yeah some um imperial stuff i think i saw a grievous on there too oh no some cool stuff i didn't realize there's a grievous on there i gotta go back and take a look but i just remember thinking like this is a cool wall and then when you watch the extras where the lead animator was like yeah i just as a kid wished i could have drawn all over the walls and my parents wouldn't let me and i thought how wonderful (laughs) would it be if a kid could just draw all over his walls and so you could tell that was coming from a place of love and 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 i noticed that 
just watching it, having not seen the behind the scenes, I like to wait until after watching the uh, uh, show itself unbiasedly before going into the behind the scenes, as I think most people do. So it was fun that I was like, I took a mental note of that and then saw him t- completely address it. I was like, oh, that makes right. sense. <laughs> you could tell there was a purpose there. Yeah, this one also had a nice little story, too. Like I said, it's a very traditional. I kind of called some of the stuff because I know oh, yeah. a little bit about Astro Boy. I've played Mega Man. I know the Mega Man lore. Um, I kind of knew Toby was going to be, you know, Mega Man, basically, which was not his, you know, a, or, or, I forgot if it's Mega Man or Astro Boy, but his son died and he created a a android type of situation out of his kid and Toby mm. uh, Toby was his apprentice back before the uh, the clone wars and I really uh, and that's something I think people could have missed and I, I I think more people should be watching these behind the scenes cuz they do directly oh, yeah. talk about that and it wasn't like thrown in your face in this but I, I, I'll actually, I can't really decide if I would have picked up on it if I knew Astro Boy and Mega Man well, lore. Well, I picked up on Pinocchio right away. I don't know anything about Astro Boy or Mega Man, like, at all. But I was like, oh, oh. I could tell that they were making this guy look like Pinocchio, and obviously it's like, I want to be a real boy, thematically very Pinocchio. And, of course, the fact that this is a Disney vehicle I thought that was cute as well. So that's just kind of what I assumed. And then, like, I know what Astro Boy looks like, and I know what Mega Man looks like, so I saw, like, the visuals from that, too. It's like, yeah, if you're going to make it, like, a sci-fi robotic type, the fact that he had, like, these round, bright-colored ports, this light blue, yeah. dark blue palette, like, I, I I see it. I see it. And, like, the pointy piece of hair, like, I right. see all of that. And... So it made sense. But I mean, to me. specifically that he—I believe it, my interpretation is that he was the Padawan before he died, and then um, he made yeah, him into may- a robot. Maybe I mean that's so. what happened with Astro Boy, and I believe Mega Man as well. So I, I kind of think that he was, and that's where once he kind of gives him a real name instead of a droid name, he kind of incorporates the force back into himself and after the planet has life on it again and he has a real purpose all of things come together to kind of elevate a droid into something more than a droid which is you know a force user somebody uh, right. not uh, you know so you know uh, or you could look at it in a different way which is also interesting that you know if a force if the force can be in a rock why couldn't it be in a droid you know so i think all of those things work together Right. It's a right. cool and idea. We have droid this, bounty hunters. Yeah. Can we have droid Jedi's? So. Well, it's a, they use no midichlorians. That's the problem. That's now, true. do you need if a force if the force can be in a rock? I think it could be in a droid, and I stand by that. I think we should see a couple of more and force Jedi uh, like, robots. You know, programming has progressed so far that robots want to be Jedi and dream about being Jedi, then they should be capable of yeah. it. Um. I don't see why not. And, uh, yeah, so before we get too far into the end, because I wasn't super thrilled with how it totally ended. Like, Really? Yeah, I mean, it was fine, but I, I just thought I was like, okay, well, yeah, I thought it was kind of, this is the harshest words I'm going to say, a bit uninspired at the end, and also just like, oh, all of a sudden he's really good at stuff now, and he's a Jedi now, he's a, like a boy well, now. that's like, why he's... He is that Jedi. He is that same kid. Yeah, I th- and I get 
that to a degree, but ultimately I was like, it, it, it didn't. It's something he was lost in translation. It wasn't very obvious. It, it wasn't this like revelation. They were trying to make it be when he called him Toby, but I was like, he's still like robot. They haven't really revealed anything like what's going on. Uh, but before we get too far into that, we're glossing over some of the highlights yeah. here, which is first of all, again, the experimentation with the animation style. This one. Mm-hmm dabbles in a bunch of different types and i think in terms of thematically in terms of its art style which is like childlike wonder and dreams and aspirations and and innocence it captures that through the animation incredibly well i don't know if there is an animation style more closely tied to the themes and the characters in all visions than this one I think this one really wants to be as expressive through the animation style as possible. And this episode receives very high marks for that. Um, When the story is very thin, and again, that's not a bad thing, but when the story is thin, the fact that you deliver, it it was, it's 12 minutes or something, 14 minutes, um, which makes it on the shorter side. But it didn't need to be long. It's cool. Like when he's dreaming about being a Jedi and it's got like these cool like this complete drawing change where it looks like a paintings with these dark backgrounds and he's fighting the Jedi. And then it cuts back to this storytelling, not poster looking still. And then to the animation, it's cool. It's cool. That was one of the places I I was going to cite as standing out for exactly what you're saying. It's when he's Mm -hmm. dreaming of something, dreaming of being a Jedi, when he sees Dr. Light's force ghost and, um, when they show the night sky during the kind of looking for the kyber crystal montage, yeah, that yeah. really it's kind of just like look at the wonder that when they use the dark colors, it kind of really stands out. Like look at the wonder, look at the look at space, look at the dream, look, and it comes yeah. across. It, it works really well, right? And then of course every good children's tale has a young child breaking <clears throat> rules going out, exploring, and this does yeah. all of that really well. It's like this whole montage of the of the robe of Toby like looking behind rocks and like checking everywhere and going where he's not supposed to and all of these other things. He's got his own little robot pal. It's it's very endearing and it's executed in a very interesting way. It's not afraid to just like switch from like matte painting style to chalk style to kids drawing style to storybook style yeah it's seamless transition yeah it works like the mind of a child does always kind of bouncing around always full of wonder always kind of different levels of intensity i i I thought from that perspective it's really good and that moved that gave it a lot of marks for me even if it wasn't like my favorite story or my favorite characters or whatever it was one of the most fun to look at and i had a lot of appreciation for how much work went into making it look that way every frame was a different approach to the art style it's like what is the most unique approach to the art style that we can take in this frame and i really felt that question being asked in a lot of scenes in this in this short 
Yeah, and you could even tell that the the movement of the characters was influenced by old school Disney or, you know, of the time period, you know, like Steamboat Willie and all of that yep. stuff where they're kind of yep. like, or Betty Boop style stuff where they're kind of like, but, but you know, they're I'm, yeah. I'm doing it on camera, but you can't see. It's like kind <laughs> of a bounce to everything. Everything kind of has a weird oscillation and you see a lot of that going on in the the, the little droids that follow him around in the background. Um, it, it, you see it in actually Cuphead is a perfect example of it. You've right. played that, Charles, mm-hmm. where, you know, everything is kind of like just bopping yeah, it's around just, for some uh, reason. Also, as much as it's an homage to Star Wars, it's an homage to classic children's animation, animation. as well. Yeah, Japanese and American. Yeah, and it's not sure. only like cartoons. I, I see a lot of like illustrated book influence here mm-hmm. in terms of its style. Like the backgrounds look like the backgrounds you might see in an, in a children's book yeah. where they're like brushed on. Watercolor-y, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... That's cool. And in his explorations, he breaks the rules a little bit too much and turns on that signal beacon. I think that might be right out of Astro Boy or Mega Man. I think that is like an a, a plot, a identical plot point almost. Yeah, Not I think I think a, this yeah. trope is gonna is just so prevalent in these kinds of mm-hmm. stories, and it's been told a bunch of times. I think they were just trying to hit yeah, those beats as a way right. to deliver their vehicle on their presentation. For sure. And. It, it's revealed here that the scientist can use uh, can use the force, and which with is no arms. Yeah, because he's got no arms, so he's yeah. moving boulders around, hiding Toby, and then Toby comes back, and everything's just destroyed, which is yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah, but he was the Inquisitor, which you don't. I like seeing an Inquisitor every once in a while. You don't see them a lot in canon Star Wars, and not that right. this is canon, but. Modern Star Wars doesn't hardly ever touches on them. Maybe they're in Rebels. I, we haven't watched that yet. We'll get to it. But this Inquisitor is a very interesting little Asaz Ventressy. Yeah. Um, but and he buried the Doctor, which was interesting. I didn't think yeah. he would. They must, you know, that might be a more of an EU type of reference, you know, or it's just a traditional like burial. But it's uh, maybe kind the of robots buried they, him or something. Possible. I kind of think it was like a force user burying another force user in more of a mm. respectful manner. Right. Um, and I, and I, you know, the dark side can be respectful. They could have uh, reverence for other force users, but they still want to kill them. Who knows? Right. But I thought it was just a neat little added-on thing. Yeah, it's but, neat, and yeah. then it's just a way to again create this story beat where he can still talk to. You can still talk to the, the professor, the professor, and you like when the moss grows on the stone is kind of the symbolism of his goals being achieved and all these things and being avenged and all of that. So and given purpose, I think that was a big point for Toby right. was that he was given a purpose to help people, and that really gave yeah. him more humanity. And he had the choice to go adventuring, and instead chose to put a pause on that. To finish the research, which was right. another big character development moment leading up to this. And it's also this, again, this sci-fi twist of like robots creating life. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, the first living Some organism was created on. by robots. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of also this like, <laughs> what? This like full circle, like 
divine intervention or science right. like coming full circle moment that's pretty prevalent which it doesn't dwell on at all it's just my sci-fi brain being like whoa yeah. <laughs> their god is toby basically <laughs> <laughs> hey i mean not all of that stuff was i mean that's kind of what future ideas for you know um seeding planets is it's basically send robots that could replicate themselves and send genetic material out there into the world that's yeah. one of the i forgot what Maybe it's called we were created by robots who knows yeah Trans i mean that's terran i think panspermia is oh, uh, might be the word for it where some other civilization sent out robots to go do things and seed life on other planets um and that was always a neat idea to me, and I think it's you know it's just a theory, obviously, but that is a sci-fi theory, or that kind of ties into what you were just saying, a real-world mm. one. Yeah, it's so. it's it's cool to see, and that of course brings back the Inquisitor, and we get this cool little duel between tiny, cute little Toby fun duel. and this evil Inquisitor. And just when the fight was about to end poorly, we get this vision. This force the one action. Yeah. But where basically the scientist is like, oh, you are ready for this fight, Padawan Toby, very purposefully calling him Toby for the first time instead of T-O-B-1. Because that was his name. Yeah. And then when he rises, he's animated to look like an actual boy and... and that he was before he died. I <laughs> in my opinion. In my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's like, did they take the... Did he take the corpse of this kid and make a cyborg out of it or what? I, I don't know. It, like, how did Android and is that 17 why it's and better 18 at fighting get than it normally? Well, they were actually people that Dr. Jerome ducked and turned into yeah, but androids. I, I don't... How did Mega Man... It's how did Mega Man and Astro Boy get created? What's the science behind that? I don't know. But I know for a fact that... I, well, okay, not a fact. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that Astro Boy's... The professor son died, and he made Astro Boy either out of the sun or to be just the sun. Maybe use his brain or something. There's right. something there. Right. So I think he is the Padawan in spirit, at least. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they show him turning into a boy in the Force Vision. So yeah. read into that how you will. And they're using. Um, you know, th throughout the fight, he's, like, touching the puddles of water and turning on the steam and, like, doing all these other things. And it's a cool fight. I like it. It was more than I was expecting out of this episode. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. Yeah, it was well an animated. It looked really cool. I think it was a it was a fun fight. And he actually, kind like... Kind of rainy going on and dark, atmospheric. It's kind of... You know, speaking of that, like in Pinocchio, when the whale comes and there's rain and the store, you know, it is very... It's The setting works, and it's yeah. very thematically... And I mean, it goes there, too. Like, he cuts Toby's hand off, and then Toby hits him in the face, and then the Inquisitor kills some yeah. of his robot friends. It's like, you know, they're pretty intense, but then you he, you know... a little dark and kid stuff. Yeah, he activates his, like, thrusters and is able to, again, do that samurai cut through that we've seen yeah. in The Village Bride and a few others. Um, but then they do this cool thing where they're like, is he dead? And then he just gives the okay <laughs> sign. I, I thought that was awesome. I and then yeah. it, it like closed in on the second son and as like the screen swipe on his okay. You know, it was very cute, very well done. All those little touches mm -hmm. like that from an animation perspective really brought this 
up several pegs from what the story alone would have made it you know i think creatively this one is one of the more inspirational uh than many of the ones that we've seen but uh yeah that's it's strange i wouldn't say you mean more like it was one of the one uh the creators were more inspired, do you mean, to do something different? I think the artistic direction was more inspired. And okay. Well, I don't a better know. word, the, creative. Um, yeah, I'll give you creative because, I mean, look at the I mean, duel. That one, I, that artistic style is unreal. Yeah, it's but so that different. That one was very, anything. very good for a lot yeah. of reasons. But in Toby, they were willing to, like, they didn't just settle on a theme and execute it perfectly like the duel yeah. did. They were like, okay. We're going with this weird, like, children's book Pinocchio Astro Boy influence and, like, what's, like, this crazy direction that we can take it in and they, you know, stretched characters out beyond, like, the duel was hyper-focused on being very realistic, which is great, but Toby was, like, characters were being stretched and... And like yeah. doing cute little okay signs and like turning huge, having these daydreams where they're fighting ATATs. It's, you know, it's like just the amount of creative direction that went into this one, I feel like, was one of the bigger undertakings than a lot of these other episodes. I think so. But yeah. it falls a lot shorter in things like story and character development. Like we said, they're kind of, they're pretty much uninspired, hit the same beats as like three other stories that we just know off the top of our heads. But. The, yeah, but like we said, I think that's on purpose. Yeah, you know? they put it all into the presentation, and the presentation's very polished on this one. So you know, it, yeah, it's super polished, and it reminds me of like watching an old cartoon. It, I mean, not because obviously it's inspired by that, but it kind of it's like a little story that wraps up quickly, and like an old one. I'm I'm talking like really old, like those old, you know. Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse ones. Not old right. Steamboat Willie Wheel old, but in between, you know. And it, it it really hits home with a lot of... It's very nostalgic, mm-hmm. even if you don't know the source material. It just It feels good. It feels just good. feels good to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well, I, I, you know, I think we've said it all. I think in terms of, like, where this episode sits for me, it's kind of like the middle of the pack. Like, story, mm-hmm. character, music, lower of the pack. Animation above average so it kind of evens out a very good episode very strong showing a very important like diverse entry in this visions collection when you think of an anthology series you like to see more than just the ronin samurai interpretation so the fact that we got to see a more children's book astro boy interpretation i think makes it a fine addition to the collection if you will (laughs) (laughs) so i'm very glad that this exists it fits very snugly in the in the lineup and yeah it's a great showing and i think the animators should be very proud of what they made it's it's really a great looking piece yeah and you put it perfectly like while having a bunch of lightsaber fights would be cool, throwing in a random one like Tattoon Rhapsody and Toby, I think, breaks everything up so it doesn't get boring. It's It makes it more visually interesting, and the, the series as a whole, I mean. And, um, you know, not everything has to be super serious. Star Wars is fun. Let's have it be fun. You exactly. Know? And I like these ones that have pushed to be fun. So, yeah, all in all, great showing. And it's okay. It's okay. It's more than okay. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of things created in like the 50s. <laughs> For kids. 
Uh, all right. Well, guys, we've done it all, said it all about Toby, and uh, looking forward to continuing the series mm-hmm. going forward. Um, only three left now. We're two-thirds of the way in, so looking forward to getting those last couple out to you guys. Yeah, what do we have? We have The Elder. We have Akira, but it's not Akira. No, it's um, not Akira. It's Akakiri and Lapinocho. Yeah. Elder, Lapinocho, and Akakiri. Akakiri. Yeah. yeah. Akira, I think, is that movie. Pretty good if you haven't seen it. Uh, I think I have seen it, but it's been a hot minute. Yeah, he's but got a motorcycle. Let's go ahead and wrap it Body up. Body horror. For now. Ooh, cool. And um, yeah. I am into all that. Let's depart <laughs> for now. Toby's done. Yeah. We're Toby's, moving on. Thank you all so much for listening, guys. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, see you guys next time for The Elder on Visions Tuesday. Roger, Roger. Goodbye. Roger, Roger.